right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording actually on the Sunday. We've got a pretty busy week ahead of us here, so it was the only time we could get together to get the recording. So we're, uh, we're a little bit early on the Sunday, but that's all right. We got our episode dropping here on uh, Wednesday, May 18th, episode number 48. Uh, before we get started today, uh, we'll say hello to the fellas. We'll, we'll uh, let's throw it over to Zach first. Zach, uh, how are you, how you doing this weekend? Doing pretty well. Uh, the weather in Saskatoon's been pretty up and down the past couple of days. Friday was raining cats and dogs, and now today it's it's beautiful. I'd much rather be outside, honestly, than uh, inside doing this pod. But uh, I think after the pod, I'll go for a nice bike ride. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. And Armin, how about yourself? How's the weekend treating you? Oh, not too bad. Coaching basketball this weekend. Uh, had the Junior Husky uh, Prairie Classic this weekend. And it was a fun time. Four games in three days. And I only had seven players this weekend. So they were gassed by the end of the last game. It was uh, <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. Oh, man. Never, never ends, eh? Just uh, when does when does club season end? Actually, like basketball, it seems like it just goes forever. But that's because obviously high school season and then club right after. But how long does club go? Next episode, I'll be done. Two nice. more weeks. Nice. Then you can start enjoying the summer too. Yeah, have a few brewskis on the deck, enjoy life a little bit more, yeah, and then have another baby come. Yeah. Never. Then you're then you're even more busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a man, I had a good weekend. I had uh, my buddy put together a stag for me this weekend, so I had all my all my buddies come down to PA, and we went and did some golfing and and watched some playoff hockey yesterday. So it was kind of a nice nice little weekend, and kind of just forget about work for a little bit and and have a little bit of fun with the guys. So that was that was nice to be able to do that. But now I'm, now we're here talking a little bit of football. It's actually kind of we talked about football quite a bit on the on the weekend. I was like, yeah, it's throwing some ideas around, and I got a few guys might have heard my hot take before I even put it on there on the docket here so we talked about a little bit here this weekend but well we'll get there so um just a real quick just a reminder if anybody's still looking for 306 fantasy football hat we have a few remaining here just about sold out but we have uh, a handful left so if you want to want a hat reach out to us on social media and we'll be able to arrange that uh, for you um and the hat's 35 dollars just a reminder i know they're on social media there but uh, just a friendly reminder that we are getting low in stock so if you want to get yours, we have to uh, come and get it quick. Um, we'll do little insiders and headliners here, and then we'll not, not much to talk about, but uh, just a couple things. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. Two things to talk about today. The first one we're going to talk about uh, Jerry Judy, wide receiver from the Denver Broncos. Uh, so he's been arrested for second degree. And I think this is a mouthful, so bear with me. A second degree criminal tampering charge with a domestic violence, domestic violence enhancer. So long story short, I don't know what that means. Uh, there's, there's a lot of moving parts in this. Apparently, I was held on with no bond uh, until you can see a judge. Obviously, this, this is still ongoing at this point. Um, but not the start of the year you would, you're hoping for if you're a Jerry Judy owner. Um, I know it's been an interesting offseason, um, hoping that his stock was going to rise with the, with the, with the uh, emergence of Russell Wilson there as their new quarterback. You're hoping that Jerry Judy can take that third-year leap. Uh, but now uh, he's battling a little bit of uh, uh, some, some criminal stuff, I guess. So what, um, is, is this 
what do you think about this, Zach? I guess if, is is this going to impact him in the fantasy season? You think we're going to see him? I guess, and um, is this kind of putting him outside looking in, maybe in that receiver room? I, it's hard to say, not knowing the full scope of uh, the charges and the consequences legally and from the league of those charges. But uh, off the top of my head, I would assume in the coming weeks, uh, the Broncos will be having mini camp. And that'll be the first time a lot of the, I guess any of the Broncos have had official reps with Wilson, um, not including the, the workouts they do on their own. So that would have been a good chance for Judy to get extra work with Wilson. But now we might see other guys like, uh, like Sutton, Patrick, Hamler getting more reps and that uh, that's only going to help their cause and it can't be a good thing for Judy. Yeah. I have a, I'm a, I have them in like one, maybe two leagues. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. And um, oh man, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, man, no. Cause it was a weird, like you went up and down, like you, he didn't have a great year, obviously this past year. So his his value had really plummeted quite a bit. And then all of a sudden, oh man, here we go. And, you know, Russell Wilson time. It's going to have a, uh, Cooper cup type breakout possibly, you know, and yeah, no, <laughs> I'm uh, obviously not as optimistic here. It's as soon as you hear domestic violence, the league hands out a pretty hefty suspension when it comes to domestic violence. So, I mean, it, it doing a little bit of reading, it didn't sound like that was, like it wasn't like a, a domestic violence charge. It was to do with the fact that it was, and then how it categorized. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Um, but uh, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, an owner, you're going to be holding your breath because, you know, we, we don't know what to expect. But uh, the second piece of news here I'll talk about, I'm going to let Armin tee this one off here because uh, he actually made a trade right after this trade <laughs> happened. Wide receiver Brian Edwards and a seventh round pick were sent to Atlanta for a fifth round pick. Um, and then Armin went out in one of our dynasty leagues and traded for Brian Edwards right after. So maybe we'll let uh, Armin talk about this one. Well, the funny thing about this one is uh, I wanted to trade back in, in our league there. I was at a spot where I had three guys in my mind and I was like, well, if I can trade back a few spots, that'd be great. Then I don't have to make the decision and someone else can make it for me. And this showed up in my inbox with Edwards and, and uh, just two picks later, which was perfect. I was like, that's the best spot I could end up in when I have three guys on my mind. Um, and so I started looking into Edwards and <laughs> that's actually how I found out he got traded. Um, you know, going to the Falcons, I, I saw that. And then I looked closer at it. That makes them the, the biggest receiving core in the NFL, I think, or one of the biggest, um, with Edwards standing at six, three London, six, five Pitt six, six, um, they're, they're big, big bodied receiving core. And, um, you you got to think Edwards had a little bit of a mini breakout last year. And if you remember back to his college years, um, he he's, has the youngest breakout age in, in the history since they've started tracking that kind of stuff, um, which is what you always look for in wide receivers as well. So he's still young. He's 23. He has lots left to prove. And um, this could be a nice fresh start for a guy that had a little mini breakout and but was looking behind some big target hogs in Las Vegas. So um, his stock goes up a little bit, but uh, still a bit of an unknown. I wouldn't go out and make huge deals for him, but if you can get him as a throw in in some sort of deal, like I did that, I think is definitely worth it. Yeah. He had, um, there's a lot of hype around his name. Was it two off seasons ago? 
I'm trying to remember what it was, but law, like there are a lot of people that were pretty high up on him and yeah. taking that big step. And like you said, you, you saw glimpses of it. Like, it's not like he's a, he's a no name by any means, but that's, that was a very depleted wide receiver room in Atlanta. And, uh, and he needed to add bodies. Obviously, like you mentioned, adding London in the draft. Um, there's still a lot of, a lot of question marks there in that receiver. I think that Zacharias or whatever his name is. And, uh, yeah. can't off the top of my head. Can't even remember who else was even in there. Like it's just, it was so odd and Tate is there now. Yeah. Like it's yeah. A whole bunch of new, no names, like you said, and he, he probably is the, the third option behind London and, and Pitts, but, um, Atlanta doesn't have a good defense or hasn't for the last few years. So. You got to think they're going to be playing behind, throwing the ball a lot, or uh, and uh, there should be targets targets available. Yeah, and I I do like the fact too, based, um like you said, he's the third guy, maybe possibly in targets, which I, I do agree with. But you're still at the same time you're you're still trying to figure out what they're going to be doing with the Q situation, right? And and none of these guys have played with the quarterback, so it's easy, you know, it's kind of like in Denver, nobody knows who the one's going to be, right? Yeah, uh, and we can we could guesstimate that it's going to be Pitts or it's going to be um, London just because obviously the draft capital and the size, right? But who knows? Quarterbacks like who they like, and he could easily just right. leapfrog in to be the one, right? What yeah, look at what guys? happened with uh, with Cup last year, right? Everyone thought it would be Woods, and turned out to be Cup. Yeah, what was that, Zach? What about this? Uh, consider Marcus Mariota, the presumed at least to start the season QB one in Atlanta played with Brian Edwards last year, maybe even possibly the last two years in Oakland slash Las Vegas. So that's right. They might that's... have a little bit of baked in chemistry. That's uh, maybe being slept on understandably being slept on a little bit, but uh, you know, maybe in a month or two during training camp, that might be a good starting spot for him. Yeah. 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 I actually kind of forgot about that. That's a good point. Yeah. That's an, probably widely overlooked by a lot of people so good point but uh this is gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode this week which kind of works out well for us just because of how busy we are but uh just because the episode is a short doesn't mean uh we don't have the same sponsorship and obviously talking about sponsors uh 22 fresh uh very very thankful for 22 fresh jumping on board here um i've mentioned this before if you take take, take a look online you can see that they have um their their springs spring stocks coming out right away um, if you're down in Regina, you can get down to 22 fresh as well and, and check their storefront. They actually got a really unique, really unique store down there. I'm actually at a conference in Regina at the end of the month and I'm going to try and make my way down to 22 there and, and maybe try and grab a couple extra things uh, off the shelf. I know I love my hoodies, um, but I'm going to try and get, snag a hat and maybe a t-shirt too. So, uh, 22 fresh, I know if I'm sure you're very familiar with it. And if you're not, uh, take a look on there. They have a uh, pretty good social media. They post all their stuff on there as well. Uh, but it's a nice, uh, nice sports athletic brand with a really comfortable and snazzy looking attire. So find yourself down on 22fresh.com or you can find them uh, in Regina as well. So thank you very much. Our major sponsor, 22fresh. Now, this offseason segment, uh, we're going to call this picks or players. So we are now in the spot where if you're in a dynasty league, most teams are starting to do their rookie drafts. And obviously, when you're we have your rookie draft picks, you can do two things. Either make your pick with your uh, player you want, or you can try and trade those picks to other teams that maybe are rebuilding or something along those lines for a more proven veteran player. Um, so these are all situations that uh, could very happen in your league. Um, where I, I are the league that we're three in together, um, that our draft is this upcoming Wednesday. 
Um, I know Armin and I are in one already that's uh, currently happening right now. I have zero picks in that draft, so I haven't even been paying attention to it, to be honest. Um, and then uh, we had a dynasty, I, myself, my other league, I had a dynasty one um, about a week and a half ago. So lots of trades happening. Obviously, Armin has talked about trading back in his draft and then gaining a, gaining a player in that as well. So we're going to throw out a name and then we're going to throw out a pick and kind of doing, you know, which would you rather have? So I'm going to start this one off um, with this one. I have, and this is actually an interesting one. I'm trying to maybe talk this into fruition. I'm, I'm very curious on what you guys think. In my one league, I have the 107 pick. So seventh overall pick, and I'm thinking 107 or Mike Evans, the wide receiver from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Zach, you want to take a poke first? Sure. Um, is this uh, – you don't have to tell me what league this is, but just uh, what's your what's, – what does your team look like at this point? It's, I think that really impacts this decision. My team is, is young but good. I actually just missed a league. I just came off the championship. Okay. So this is the one that the three of us are in. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So you're, you're a very competitive team. You obviously you just won the whole thing. So this would be a, a win now pick considering that Mike Evans is about to turn, uh, be turning 29 when the season starts. Uh, and he's tied to Tom Brady for, one year for sure and then after this upcoming season it's all kind of up in the air so I think this is a position where if you look at the draft board and I'll talk about it a little bit more when it's my turn but I think 107 is a clear tear break uh in the draft that I was in at least 107 was a big uh tear break as far as talent was concerned um I think after 107, the picks become a little bit harder because you don't know um, the production is going to be there. It's all kind of on personal preference at that point. So I think for you, uh, a guy that's in a win now uh, position, Mike Evans is going to help you a lot more this year than any of the guys that you would get after the 107 or, or at 107, pardon. That's kind of, that's kind of my thinking as well. Like, my team is young enough that by trading a pick, I'm not, and I will be obviously getting quite old, um, but I have still a lot of young players. Um, CD Lamb, I'm talking about Jerry Judy already. Um, I got uh, my running backs are really, really young. I got Javante, I got um, JT. I, I, my, team's, my team's pretty young. So it's not like I'm aging myself too much by making this trade. So this is something that I've kind of considered throwing around. 107, like you said, it's kind of the, after that, it's, well, who's left, right? But so 108 is, totally different conversation that's kind of why I strategically picked the 107 spot on this one but it also happens that happens to be that I have the 107 pick so uh, what do you think Armin what would you do um you know in a win now situation I think you you take Mike Evans there um his production was up last year he he put up uh 200 fantasy points in half point PPR um I think that was better than his first year with Tom Brady um, so they're they're getting a bit more of a rapport going. I know Godwin was injured for a bit last year, but that that helped build that connection between him and Tom even more. So you got to imagine that Evans is in for another another good year here at least. Um, but if if you're not going for competing now, I think if you're going competing in two years, three years time, I I would take the pick because in dynasty you're always trying to get younger. Um, Evans is getting a little longer in the tooth. We know what he's done in the past, 
but we're paying for the future of Mike Evans, not the, the past Mike Evans. Right. So um, it's, he's a one-year loner. Um, but beyond that, I, I think you, you got to take that draft pick where that teardrop stops right after this, but you're looking at Jamison Williams or Chris Olave. I think most, most of the time at the 107 spot, I would love to get Jamison Williams at the 107 if I'm, if I'm building for the future. And if, if it's super flex, you could even get picket if you're, if you're QB short, right. And you, you're needing a QB desperately, right. That's, that's another good, good option at the 107. So if, um, if it's super flex, I would, I'd definitely keep it, I think, but, uh, I don't know um, if he's uh, Jamison Williams going to slide to 107 because if I trade Zach to 105, he'll be <laughs> 105. I'll play that much for free. <laughs> well, you know, he he's a wild card where he's going. Like he's going all over the place. I, I think in our one league here, he slid all the way to the 110. So yeah, that one I couldn't believe that. Yeah, he's Cook, going. James Cook all over. in front of him. Couldn't yeah, be. you know I. I, I took Pickett because I only have one QB and that's a super flex league. But man, I wanted to take Williams so badly at the 107. And then I saw him sliding. I was like, oh, do I trade for that pick to get him? But that's why I wanted that pick, uh, that pick from you in the 107. I was like, well, and then I would have the same dilemma. Do I take Pickett or do I take? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, yeah. tough, tough question. I think, I think you made the right choice, especially with the way your roster was uh, formulated there. You needed a second Q. Yeah. Uh, you want to sh- uh, share your your um, picks here, Zach, or your, I guess, uh, picker player? Yeah, sure. So great minds uh, think alike. Uh, I said 107, the same pick as you, or uh, Hollywood Brown, the new receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. You want to go first there, Armin? Yeah, this one is tough, actually. The Mike Williams one, like there was an if or then kind of situation going on with us there. But Hollywood Brown, you know, the future does look bright for him. He's only 24 yet, so he's just a year older than some of these receivers that that are coming off the board. Um, He'll be 25 in like a month, I think. Oh, yeah, June 4th. Okay. But like uh, Christian Watson, 25. who's coming off the board right after him, right, is, is 23, turning 24 right away, right? Um, but I, I think I am leading towards keeping Brown. And I think even, even if you think those guys have the bigger future, um, I think he'll have a great season against the, with the Cardinals this year. I, I really believe it. Um, and I think then you, you sell him even higher afterwards, um, because he, he's young enough yet that you can get a lot of good years of production out of him. If, if he continues with what he did last year with, with the Cardinals or even builds on it. Right. And yeah, this is a tough one. The, and he's not, it's not even one of those ones where it's like, Oh, you know, he's age is not really a consideration in this point. Right. Like, you say it could take him a year or two to get set up in that offense, but it's going to take a rookie a year or two to get set up in the offense too, right? And we talked yeah. a little bit before, I think, on the last episode or two episodes ago. Uh, I think it must have been on the last one because we talked about obviously the trade happened during the draft. But there's that uh, there's that collegiate relationship already between Kyler and um, um, and Mar- uh, Marquez, uh, Marquez Brown here. Um, but... Uh, 107, you're probably getting a law of A. 
and they just traded for uh or they just picked up uh sorry not traded for landry up uh, landry yeah I, i'm gonna I, I think i would take brown i think i'm gonna take hollywood brown here um i think he's talented enough like kind of like armin was mentioning and um yeah, yeah, Hopkins is getting old. Ertz is kind of getting old. Obviously, they drafted the replacement the tight end position there. But um, I think I'd go Brown. I think I'd take Brown here. Um, and you already kind of know what you got with Brown, right? You know, he's a pretty pretty good wide receiver too. Um, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna ever gonna be the wide receiver one. Uh, but he's got those, especially in like a best ball league. He's one of those players you really like to have because he's got those those boom weeks, right? He's kind of like uh, kind of like Mike Williams in in LA. He's, I kind of like those kind of guys with big, big, big performance type guys. So I think I'm going to keep Brown in this trade. What if I could guarantee you guys that Chris Olave or Dotson or Pickens or Watsons or Skymore was guaranteed to get 65 receptions, about 790 yards and seven TDs? That change your mind? How many yards? About 790, go 800. I think I might still try and keep Brown there. No, I would I would go the other way. Yeah. I would go the other way. You're gaining you're gaining a few extra years from age. Um, like I'm looking at Brown's stats last year. Um, oh sorry, that's the wrong player. My bad. See, um, I'm banking on Brown breaking the thousand yards this year and more TDs because yeah. that's a more potent offense. Yeah, you got you only thousand, had six TDs last year. Thousand yards, ninety-one receptions. I, I, yeah, I think I would go the other way. I think I'd go the other way. Interesting but. because that, those three stats are the three-year average of Hollywood's career so far. Um, he's improved significantly uh, each year. And uh, I think I agree with both of you guys. Um, yeah. Brown's turning 25 in a pretty electric offense, an offense that's going to pass the ball more, I think, than uh, Baltimore has or will continue to. And I think after that 107, the draft is always a crapshoot, but at 107, the the dartboard gets a little bit smaller because now you're looking at guys that might not be in the perfect spot or guys that aren't perfect prospects. So I would definitely agree with both of you guys uh, and favor Hollywood Brown. Oh, and that's back to back now. We've, we've dealt the picks and kept the player. <laughs> See what Armin's got for us here. Armin, let's hear yours. All right. I I almost went 108, but then you guys both did 107. And I was like, ah, I got to change it up a bit. So I went higher up in the draft. I went 103 or Aaron Jones. And so at that 103 spot, you're looking at probably Kenneth Walker or one of those top end receivers, whichever one you view as the best of of this crew right um so it's do you want that rb or do you want the choice of rb or receiver and uh an rb that uh is getting a little bit older might have a few good years of production yet left uh i'll i'll go for your series zach that's all right go for it i um i'm gonna take 103 i think if <laughs> It's, it's funny I say that because I would I would like to have Aaron Jones on my team. I still think with the vacated targets from Devontae Adams, somebody's going to have to take those. And um, I think he's got an opportunity to take a jump, but he's still in that significant timeshare, obviously, with uh, with your guy there, Armand, your, your favorite running back of all time, A.J. Dillon. 
Um, so no, that's Nick Chubb. Dylan's yeah, number two. Sorry, number two in your heart, also. <laughs> Um, so you're still in that committee. So at best, he's getting 50% of the work. Uh, where at the 103, you can go with a guy like Kenneth Walker that he's in a bit of a committee too, but I think he's going to come on top of that committee where I don't think there's a point where, where uh, Dylan is going to not overtake uh, that, that RB room. Then 103, um, I, like, I like London a lot. Um, if he was still there, the chances of him going 102 is, I think, just as likely. Um, but if he's 103, I, I would be taking Drake London because I like London a lot. So, See, that that's why I kind of picked this one is it's tough because you might not necessarily get your guy, right, with that, how the 103 is falling. Yeah, I think if – I'll make this even more complicated. If London's there at 103, I would take the pick. If London goes 102 and then I'm probably looking at one of the other wide receivers that I think are not as good as London – or if I'm looking at Kenneth Walker, then I'm contemplating it where I might take the player because I know what I'm getting there, right? But he's maybe has one or two more years of productivity, and that might be too too might be a bit of an exaggeration. But uh, I'll make my answer more complicated that way. What do you think, Zach? <laughs> yeah, this one's uh, a little bit trickier. I think, um, like we have mentioned before, uh, has had a really good string of years here. Um, Last year, just a shade over 800 rushing yards and uh, just under 400 receiving yards, but still had 50 receptions. So all those really go well together in a PPR league. Um, but you said 103, so you have to assume that you're not a very good team. And um, as somebody that's had a lot of orphans in dynasty leagues, I know all too well what it's like to have a, a poor team uh, and being saddled with uh, older players, they, while they may be good, they're not going to help you in the future when your team is ready to compete. So if I earned the 103, I would certainly take the player, or sorry, take the pick and pick a player. Um, probably wouldn't go Walker. Um, I would say most people would lean London, Wilson, or Burks. Um, I would be inclined probably to take Williams. Um, but that's, you know, again, that's kind <laughs> of like your preference, right? Of <clears throat> who's there and, and who's available for you. But uh, if, say, I was a competing team and I was able to make a trade earlier, um, and then I had the 103 and I was going for it this year, a lot like Mike Evans, Aaron Jones is a good win now piece, I think. I'm looking at his 2021 stats, like he had um, a down year in comparison to the two years prior, especially in the, the rushing yards. He only had 799, mm -hmm. so you can say 800 for argument's sake. And then receiving, he had 391. But the I'm looking at the right now is the MFL per, per, um, projections. They're projecting him over a thousand yards rushing again, and then another incline to 500 yards receiving, which would be his most receiving yards uh, in his, in his career. So I think they're kind of thinking the same way as we were talking there that, you know, those vacated targets, somebody's going to have to catch the ball. So I guess to add another layer to this question is, do you believe in Aaron Jones taking another step forward? I guess is, is part of that, part of that question. I would think it's more likely Dylan takes a step forward over Aaron Jones, but. Yeah. So is he going to surpass 800 yards again? That's, I guess that's the question you got to ask yourself because there's a lot of running backs that you can take the gamble on that's going to get 800 rushing yards. That's not going to cost as much as Aaron Jones. What do you guys think about the possibility of Green Bay 
having two RBs on the field often and maybe one running out of the slot more often than than most teams might normally do with who they have as their weapons and Jones and Dylan kind of almost being the best of their skilled players so you'd want to have them on the field I just a few teams are starting to do that where they're putting the running back in the slots a little bit more often but I just don't see one of them being that like that good of a route runner or that good of a, a ball catcher that you would surpass some of their wide receiver options. They, I know for running backs, they're pretty good at ball catchers, but yeah, you're, you're not NFL wide receiver. You're not Christian McCaffrey's. You're not Melvin Gordon's, you know, two of the top, two of the best um, backs for catching, you know? So that's, yeah. 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 It's a tough one. Um, Hunt lines up in the slot just to throw that out there. <laughs> um, all right. We'll go to the next one here. Or what did you did you share yours, Armin? Um, I'm thinking I'm t- keeping the 103 at this point. Um, I I like Walker a lot. I'm high on him, and if I don't get him, then I'm getting my pick of the litter of the wide receivers. So that's that's where I sit on the 103 there. Okay, my, I'm gonna go with my last one here, uh, and this one I'm going for the pick 105. Um, so kind of what we just talked about, those likely three first guys, obviously, is probably Brees Hall. And then some some order just kind of by consensus has been um, London and then Walker. And then 104 is kind of the, you know, is it Burks or is it uh, Wilson? And then usually vice versa, that's tier five. And then six, seven has usually been Williams and then Alave. So this one is pick 105. So it's kind of the remaining of the three big wide receivers or if uh, Walker falls down to 105. So in this example, you can think to yourself, it's either maybe probably Wilson or Burks at the 105 uh, or Devonta Smith. Uh, Devonta Smith, had, I'd say a pretty good rookie season last year, but now obviously in a offense that doesn't pass the ball that much. And now with the emergence uh, or the addition, sorry, of AJ Brown, uh, in the in the wide receiver room, I actually had this similar discussion with this with a coworker actually um, on Friday. His ceiling is capped. He he's think he's still going to be pretty good, but he doesn't have that that possibility of a huge huge monstrous week um, just because they don't pass the ball that often. So Devonta Smith or the one hundred five. I can take this one. I am unless there's like a really big slide and London is there at 105, I'm probably just going to take Smith. Um, I think we know what Smith can do, and he is probably the, the same, if not uh, very close to the same age as all of these guys. Um, so I'm taking Devontae Smith. Uh, no need for me to overthink this. Yeah. He's still only 23. Uh, he's in an like he knows, knows the quarterback, knows the offense, and chances are he's only going to improve upon the 64 receptions, 916 yards, five TDs he had last year. Um, and now he's not going to be the, the primary target in Philadelphia. That's probably going to be A.J. Brown. So I actually think that helps his cause. So I would take Smith over the 105. Well, let's make this interesting than the 102. Drake London's available. 102. <laughs> to make this interesting. Okay. I, you know what? I'd probably take Devontae Smith. I think. Still take him? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, because like we've said, we don't know what we're going to get out of these rookies. Um, and I think we know what we're going to get out of Devontae Smith. Um, I do think uh, Hertz is a good NFL quarterback. I like what he brings to the table, both from a passing game and certainly from a run game perspective. So I think the Eagles are in a position where if they don't like him, they could draft a one of the top two rookies next year in the draft. So I think Smith is in a position where he's going to have a good quarterback regardless if it's Hertz or someone else. So I'll take, uh, I'll take Smith. What about you, Armin? What are you doing? You know, I wasn't a huge Smith. I was the opposite of a Smith truther last year. Um, his stock has risen in my books um, from last season, the way he was playing, seeing him able to play at the NFL level. Um, AJ Brown coming in is kind of a good complimentary player to have with him. So that raised his stock a little bit as well. But I'm looking at these guys and it, it, it's still tough for me, even though I, I wasn't high on him, but um, he, he's in a good offense or should be a good offense this year and hopefully build on his 800 yard campaign from last year but Garrett Wilson is is rising I've seen him rise to to 102 even um so then that make that starts making me think maybe I would get London Burks or Walker who all three of those guys I'm I'm quite high on and you know what I I think I'd roll the gamble here and take that pick and and hope for Drake London who's only 20 years old right now or Kenneth Walker who I think is going to be a great RB at the NFL level level and if it doesn't turn out and I end up with Burks um, I'd still be happy with Burks with all those vacated targets from AJ Brown if it ends up with Wilson then shoot I, I should have bet it all on uh, on red instead of black hey Zach <laughs> I um the only only wide receiver I think that I would trade Smith for is I think London. I, I'm very high on London. I also like the big body wide receivers, which is kind of ironic that I took Smith because that's not usually the type of uh, wide receiver that I like to target in rookie drafts. It was just he kind of fell to me in my lap in the rookie draft last year, and it was like, oh well, I guess I'm taking Devonta Smiths. And and it's not that I don't like the player. It's just I prefer the big body type guys. He, he is a very good route runner and he creates great separation that way. So he doesn't have to rely on size, obviously, because he, he has no size. Can't really rely on that. But I'm in a situation where I have, I talked about on the last pod there, I have AJ Brown and I have Devon Smith on the same team. So it, it's really unfortunate because now I, I captain myself one way or the other. Right? I can't, I'm not going to start them both. They don't throw the ball enough to be able to start both of them. So I'm in a situation now where I'm going to try and move one of them just to try and give myself an ability to, to capitalize on value, right? They both carry great value. Uh, AJ Brown quite a bit more than Devonta Smith, I would say for sure. But uh, I got to capitalize on the value and, and get some assets on on somewhere else I can put in my starting lineup because it'd be I'd be hard pressed to put both of them in my starting lineup. Uh, at least the ceiling of my team would be capped in that situation. So that's kind of why I picked uh, Devonta Smith, just because it's uh, it's a situation where I'm going to try and move on from one of them just because of <laughs> both being in Philadelphia, but. Uh, Zach, you want to do your next one? Sure. So I did 201 or uh, fantasy football's most controversial player on Twitter, 
Gabe Davis. Um, Gabe Davis, 23 years old, um, and he's finally now presumably at this point in time in a position in Buffalo where he can be one of the top two uh, targets. Um, This will be his first year where he's able to possibly ascend to a starting or close to a every down role. So what do you guys think? 201 or Gabe Davis? Can you go first, Durham? I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah. 201 or Gabe Davis. That's the 11th pick. I, I was just looking at Gabe Davis here and that uh, he actually had more yards in 2020 than he did in 2021. Did you guys know that? Uh, no, yes. but it kind of makes sense, though, because uh, last year Sanders came in, right, for one year? Yeah. yeah. Only difference of four receptions. He had uh, 39 in 2020 and he had 35 in 2021. Yeah, so he didn't make a huge leap. But I'm looking at who would be available there. And, you know, um, besides maybe a dart throw at Christian Watson, who is the same, same age as Gabe Davis and hasn't played in the NFL yet, but is linked to Aaron Rodgers, I think I might be leaning Gabe Davis here, where he's a second to, to Josh Allen, a, a younger QB who's going to be around a little bit longer. Um, whereas Rodgers, you don't know how much longer he's going to be around. So Christian Watson, even though he might have an incredible rookie season, his sophomore season might not be nearly as good as uh, as his rookie season. So, yeah, I'm looking like you, James Cook, Rashad White, David Bell, Damian Pierce, maybe George Pickens. Like those are the types of guys that are going to be right around that 201 spot. Yeah. None of them are jumping out at me. That's I mean, like I take a gamble on them, I think, and you hope for some hope for upside, but none of them are jumping out at me like, hey, like you're a stud. And I don't think Gabe Davis is a stud, but we saw him do an incredible was it five touchdowns in the yeah. playoff game? Yeah. So he's a rookie area's breakout in a playoff game. So he's got the capability. Uh, and now there's obviously some vacated targets in Buffalo, like Zach had mentioned, and you're connected to one of the greatest quarterbacks. In for fantasy football he's back to what has it been like 20 years or something like that since the quarterback's gone back-to-back qb1s couldn't tell you yeah, yeah. i'm trying to remember the exact how long but it's been forever and josh allen went back to back these last two years as what well, as quarterback one in fantasy football so um yeah i'm gonna go gabe davis on this one as well too i i think this you're, you're gambling the 201 there's not it's not to say there's not players i like but I think Gabe Davis, the vacated targets and, and seeing what you've seen uh, from him this last season, um, I think he's going to take a step forward. It's, I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, he's not going to overtake Diggs, but I think just in a good offense and an offense that passes the ball a lot, uh, that's a guy that I'd, I'd like to obviously own for, for the possible upside. Yeah, good yeah. situation, young still, great yeah. offense. Yeah, Sanders is gone. So is uh, Cole Beasley. So um, if he's able to beat out Jameson Crowder um, for that number two spot there in Buffalo, I think uh, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities for um, a probably an increase of 20 to 25 receptions, uh, probably an extra 200, 250 yards, and maybe a few more TDs. Like, like you guys mentioned, he's never 
going to be battling for that uh, title as a wide receiver or one, but I don't think he's out of the realm of possibilities to be a top 24 receiver possibly. Yeah. Like this, look at MFL's projections. Uh, they've got him projected for 60 receptions, which would nearly double his production from last year, 950 yards and 11 scores. Oh, that's way more generous than I was. That's, that's <laughs> if that's the thinking. case, wheels up. Yeah. You think about it though. He's one Diggs injury away from destroying it. And Diggs has been healthy for, for quite a while here. He hasn't missed many games, but you never part know. Of, part of the thing to consider too is Jameson Crowder's not a bum. Like he's not a terrible wide receiver. Like we saw him do some pretty good things in New York. He's getting older, but he's he's like the epitome of wide receiver too. That's Jameson Crowder. But uh, as if you like part of going into this conversation is if you believe in Davis, obviously you're making this trade, but if you don't believe in Davis, I'd be throwing a little trade offer at Jamison Crowder because wide receiver two in Buffalo sounds pretty darn good to me. And I think a lot of people, as soon as I said, Jamison Crowder, like, Oh, why? Like that's, that's how Jamison Crowder is like, nobody, nobody really wants him. But like, what if I said wide receiver two in Buffalo, everybody's like, Oh, you know what? That sounds pretty good. So well, I think he's, it's something to consider. He's replacing the old epitome of wide receiver two in Beasley. So <laughs> yeah. He was a target hog, though. I loved it. Yeah. And you could always get him, like, just about the last pick of the draft. Um, and what are you doing there, Zach? And you said you're keeping. Yeah, I think the the people that are going to be there at 201 would be kind of like a hodgepodge of one, one of either Dotson, Pickens, Watson, or more. And then, yeah, like the, the third running back off the board either white or, or cook would be the guys there that would interest me at 201 um if it was sky more i might be tempted to do it to take the uh pick yeah 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 i think that's the because that's like the likelihood like a sky more is pegged around like that eight nine ten spot right with those guys so they I mean, we're, if we're banking on consistency, it'd be, but, but yeah, it'd be, be pretty nice for Sky to come down. Yeah, I think Sky Moore was the, let's see here. He was super flex league um, that I'm in right now. He was the 12th player off the board after two quarterbacks. So that would put him right around a 10 team, one QB league, I think at the 201 spot. So yeah, you're pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah, he's going a bit later in those uh, in those super flex leagues. Yeah, this is the closest closest that you'll see uh, the dynasty draft or drafts there. Whether it's super flex or not, they're the the consistency is pretty much the same. Like it's you throw in one quarterback in the mix there, like and most of the time I'm seeing him go around that one oh seven, kind of like Armin talked about, and then maybe Malik Willis at the back end, maybe. Or right yeah. or right or right. Depends but, on how high they are on them, really. Yeah. And then after that, it's pretty consistent. It's not like next year where there's gonna be five quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, five in in dynasty rookie drafts. But yeah. Um, you want to share your last one there, Armin? All right. I went um with the 306 or Kenny Galladay. I thought this one would be interesting because this is a spot where I think. You got lots of options at some dart throw guys that could turn out fairly well, but also might not turn out at all. Kind of how uh, Kenny G's next few seasons at New York could end up. He, he has name value, but he hasn't done much in New York. So still hoping he does, but you never know. 
Um, some guys that you might see here, you might uh, get Willis slide in. You might get Tyler Algier, who has the possibility of being the RB1 in Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, um, some names that kind of poke out at me. J Jelani Woods, tight end for Indy, that six foot seven monster of a man. Um, Pierre Strong Jr., um, some, some dart throws, but nothing for sure. Uh, you already know where I stand on Galladay. If you look over my shoulder, it's uh, up on the wall there. So uh, I'm going to take Kenny Galladay. Uh, looking, obviously, it's been a thrust. It'd be frustrating owning Kenny Galladay, and we do own him. I own him in, I think, two leagues as well. Uh, you look back, you got to go all the way back to 2019 to see some significant stats where he went back to back 1,000 yard receiving, um, 70 receptions, 65 receptions. Uh, in that one season, he had 1,200, just about 1,200 yards and 11 scores. But that's like I said, you gotta go back to 2019 to see that because 2020 you got hurt and 2021 uh, was just brutal. <laughs> that whole that whole Giants um, wide receiver room was terrible. I think it was the highest paid wide receiver room with the least amount of touchdowns. It was unbelievable. Oh, He's 28 years old. He'll turn 29 during the season uh, in November. <sighs> just he's a big body guy. It's just I don't like Jones, who's obviously throwing the ball, but at the same time, the dart throw. I think it's it's more likely that Galladay gets back to where he's been because he's been a thousand yard receiver twice. Um, then the dart throw that one of those guys in the third round is going to actually produce a thousand yards. Like it's it's a dart throw. So I, I'm going to take the the bet on talent and I'm going to add Kenny Galladay and and hope that he bounces back. And if not, at least I got one of my favorite players uh, on my roster. <laughs> so what are you doing, Zach? Yeah, if you if you could tell me that whoever you get at the the 306 as the 26 player off the board was going to produce um, even what Galladay had this past year with 37 receptions, 521 yards and no touchdowns, then you might have my interest. But I don't think um, you have a better chance of hitting, uh, you know, startable production with Galladay than whoever you get at that spot. Um, you might get lucky. You might get like a, a Mitchell last year, a guy that was going in the third rounds and ended up starting in San Francisco, or you could get like a Dante Pettis who flashed in the pan and then you never really see him again. So uh, I would take my chances with uh, Galladay for sure. Here, here's a little interesting thing, right? Gibson, he's he was a third rounder a few years ago. Um and uh names escaping me now. I had another one on the tip of my tongue. But you talked about Mitchell. Um Stevenson, I believe, was going third round last year. He made mm -hmm. some fantasy buzz, right? So it's possible. Oh, but it, it's certainly never know, possible, right? but it's uh <laughs> I think there's a lot more guys that you know don't ever come close to 37 receptions, 500 yards, then, and then people that do. Yeah, you're throwing, yeah. You're throwing, throwing pennies I, in a mission well at that point. Yeah. I, I just I wanted to say, see if I could get any of you guys uh, switch in here because I'm in consensus with you guys. I'd keep Galladay. Um, like you said, the value there too, like he's more likely to reproduce what he did before than those dart throws that are getting in the third round. And the value there think about it that way if you want to trade either of them the next year probably more likely to get value from kenny galladay that's higher than a third round pick 
if he reproduce or if he gets back to his old ways. Here you go. I will say, I will say though that uh, three years ago, um, in I think the dynasty that the three of us are in, um, I really, really badly wanted uh, Terry McLaurin, and I had in my eyes set a McLaurin for about a round and a half, and I was trying my hardest to uh, to trade into the draft to get McLaurin. And I finally got him in the fourth round. Um, so in a situation like that, if you have like a guy that you believe in, a guy that you really, really like, then this would be a trade that would be um, palatable for me. Um, but it would have to be a guy that I am, that I have my eye on. And that's not always going to be the case, right? Yeah. Like, it'd be the guy that you it be the guy that you think, oh, like this guy's probably going to go in the second round, and then he doesn't. And then you're like, okay, probably sometime in the third round, and then he doesn't. And now you're you're blowing up everybody's uh, cell phone trying to get trying to get that pick. Yeah, like this is last year's third round. Three hundred one, Amari Rogers. Three hundred two, Nico Collins. Three hundred three, Chupa Hubbard. Three hundred four, Eskridge. Three hundred five, Ramondre Stevenson. 306, Jared or Garrett Dokes. So 306, <laughs> never even heard of him. Uh, 307, Tutu Atwell, Kenneth Walker, or, sorry, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Diami Brown, Josh Palmer. And now we're in fourth round. So, like, yeah, yeah. I think one, maybe one guy in there, like Kenneth Gainwell, maybe Ronda Stevenson, I'd probably rather have. But other than that, like, Kenny Galladay. I think what Zach said is really good advice, though, with uh, if there's a guy that you did a lot of research on and you really, truly believe in it and you would be kicking yourself if he does come out and he was amazing and you're like, I could have had him and I, I knew it. Why not take the, the risk and do it? But uh, unless there's someone that you, you definitely have your eye on and you did a bunch of research on and you think he, he's the next Terry McLaurin, then, then I wouldn't do it like a Monterey St. Brown at 209. I'm just looking back at this draft. I can't believe I got him that late. Worked out. But I took Ter- Terrace Marshall at 203, so I think they kind of even each other out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so what did you um, What did you do, Armand? You said I you're- kept getting kept two. Yeah. yeah, consensus on that one. Yeah. Okay, a little ice hold hot take, and we'll finish this bad boy up or what? You betcha. That sounds good. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. I'm on fire! As I drop my phone. Um, this one is, uh, it's not super spicy. This is, it's my turn here for Ice Cold Hot Take. And it's not super spicy, but I'm going to go on record and say this. I'm trying to get him everywhere. And uh, obviously in Superflex, this is uh, a lot harder to do and it's been nearly impossible. Um, but I am trying to get acquire him in a single Q league. Um, I offered, actually, I actually offered Devon, or, um, um, oh my goodness, um, off the top of my head here, I'm, I'm blanking, give me two seconds, Dak Prescott, I offered Dak Prescott and the 202 to try and acquire this guy, so a little bit of an overpay in a single quarterback league, uh, but I was going after Justin Herbert, quarterback from the Los Angeles Chargers, and I am going on record to say that Justin Herbert will finish as the quarterback one this upcoming season. Not a QB1, he obviously is a QB1, but he will finish as a number one. <laughs> Not seeing a repeat of Josh Allen, uh, even though his attributes of why he was so successful are very comparable to why Justin Herbert is going to be successful. 
Um, they both are very good gunslingers and they both are very mobile. And Herbert so far hasn't really broken through that ceiling of mobility. I'm just going to pull up some stats here, but while I'm doing this, um, I'm trying to get him. So like, I, I think he's going to have a huge breakout season already compared to the um, uh, years previous, because now look who's in that division. Like before it was okay. He's competing with Patrick Mahomes. So there's going to be some, some fireworks, which is to be expected. That'll happen. But now, now you're looking at Russell Wilson and even Derek Carr with another weapon. I think the, I think Vegas has an opportunity to, to be, um, to be pretty good as well. But in doing that, like they're going to be playing from behind as well. And I think the chargers are going to have to compete uh, quite a bit more than they're going to have to um, previously, because they're going to have more competitive games in division. They're going to see at least six really good games where the quarterbacks are going to be going all out. So now in saying that, I'm going to pull up some Herbert stats here. Bear with me. And there we go. So Justin Herbert uh, last year threw for 672, uh, 672 attempts uh, for 5,000 yards. And he also uh, had 15 interceptions and rushed for 200 or sorry, 302 yards and three touchdowns. Now, I think if Justin Herbert will start running the ball a little bit more, because uh, they're going to have to be um, a high-scoring offense, which they already are, but they're going to have to continue that or, or if not take a step forward to win in these ball games. And Justin Herbert, not only because he brings the rushing, he's also a good quarterback, but uh, the, they're a team that gambles on fourth down a lot. And that's just giving you extra opportunities to score fantasy points. And a lot of times those fourth downs, there's those four and twos where he might be rushing it or uh, they catch teams uh, sleeping and you get those quick slants or whatever. So um, that's what uh, that's what I think. I think uh, Justin Herbert is going to be quarterback one. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think. Go ahead there, Armin. Hey, um, you know, I, I believe that is that is in the realm of possibility. Like you said, not not the hottest take in the world, but he, he definitely has that upside to become the QB one. And what you said with the games makes a lot of sense. He's going to be playing a lot of high scoring games and um, against some pretty tough opponents. So he'll be slinging the ball. I just I don't necessarily agree with the uh, the upside of rushing that he might have. Uh, I just haven't seen enough of him um, be that aggressive guy that tries to get the touchdown in the, in the red zone. And that's where I think you'd see that that rushing upside really um, help a QB's numbers over the, the rushing yards. Um, so I'm, I'm not sold on that necessarily just because of all the weapons he has and he has Eckler where Josh Allen doesn't have a weapon like Eckler that he can dish off to in, in the red zone. So he has to run it himself. So um, I think it's, it's possible. I think it will come more from his arm than, than his leg. So. Yeah. He's, he's got 2020. He went through for, or he rushed for 234 yards and five touchdowns. And in 2021, he rushed for 302 for three. Um, the one thing I think would, would help obviously too, is have that, 15 interceptions come down his first year he had 10 and then he uh, had another five in his second year 15 to, uh, interceptions so and, you gotta think that will come down I, you would hope the only problem is if you're in competitive ball games and you gotta throw the ball a lot more it could either stay the same or go up right like um there and here's another part that's maybe why this could be hindered is look how good chargers defense is like they really yeah. bolstered up that defense this offseason 
Um, so if, if their defense takes a step forward and they don't have to be super aggressive, then obviously this hot take is going to kind of fizzle and, and it's going to be more, more ice than hot. But, uh, but um, I, I do think he is definitely good enough. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to, what's going to come from him this upcoming season. Cause he's still, he's got, he's still got his weapons. They re-signed Mike Williams. Um, so I think, uh, I think he's, I think he's got a possibility to take a next step up. And I guess I'm trying to get him in dynasty um, in the super flex. It's, it's impossible. You got, I think he just went for like four or five firsts or something like that in our, in our one big money, well, like the equivalent of five firsts, I should say. Um, and then in the, in the super or the single quarterback league, it's a little easier to get it done, but he, Still, the guy's being a little stingy. I'm trying to trying to grease him down, but I'm like, I love Dak in the 202 is a pretty good offer, but especially <laughs> a single quarterback league. Yeah, I would definitely consider that offer. I don't know for sure if I would take it as the Herbert owner, but it's definitely one worth considering. It's a good offer. Yeah, um, yeah. and if Eckler goes down, those rushing touchdown stats could go way up, right? Like, yeah. so it it is definitely a possibility, not a for sure thing. Like. You you have it in your head, but uh, definitely yeah, a possibility. That's why I'm allowed to use it as a nice cold hot take. <laughs> yeah, because you're so it's for sure happening. Yeah. Anything uh, anything you want to add here before we wrap up this episode, Armin? Hey, um, it's draft season. Everyone, have fun. Um, take the guys you want. Um, have fun with it. Don't uh, don't overthink it and trust your gut. Yeah. Well, next episode, we'll be able to go after a recap a bit of who we took because our, our draft's coming up this upcoming Wednesday. So in two weeks' time, we'll be able to share maybe a little bit about uh, who we drafted and, and how the draft came to us. But time will tell because uh, we'll find out in three days, but you guys will have to wait two weeks for that one. So <laughs> regardless. Anyways, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to this episode, everybody. Uh, that'll do it for episode number 48. Uh, thank you very much, 22 Fresh. And on behalf of Armin, Zach, and myself and the 306 Fantasy Football team, thank you for listening. Take care, everybody, and uh, let's talk soon.